Welcome, weekend warriors. We're just gonna do a little live study. We're gonna do some reading. We've been in our school in the training of righteousness. We've done a lot of We've gotten a lot of information this week. And it's marinating. It's going through your mind, down through your spirit. It's saturating. God's word is doing a work in you. And so we want to be good warriors. We got to be good studiers to be great warriors, studying ourselves, studying the word, studying God, his ways. And it's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. Got a nice hot cup of green tea. And the Lord has overcome the world, so it's a good day. Amen. Moses and the onyx stone, we're going to get into a little bit of Jasher here. And so even if we've read these books before, it's just like with the Bible, with any of these scriptures, as we go from glory to glory, and as you're ascending into the angelic sphere, you'll notice that as we go back through texts, whether you have read them before or not, any spiritual literature, it's different, it's new. It's like we've never read it before. It's a brand new thing. God's always doing a new thing. And as the training and the teaching and the preaching and righteousness and in holiness and coming to understand what love truly is, as we read these words, it's just a, a whole nother realm and dimension. And so just to refresh you before we go into here, just so we don't go back into any old mindsets or thoughts about studying. Pictures help prepare the mind. So we'll just do a little refresher here. Refresh your mind, refresh your spirit. Renew the mind to the truth. Okay. Get the picture. We're going up. So as we start to read the word and all spiritual literature, having to do with the people of God. It's nice to process it in the context of the invisible realities, right? All right. Moses and the Onyx Stone. This is from the Book of Jasher. And this is actually from the Annals. What do they call it? The Authentic Annals of the Early Hebrews. You know, since we're scholars now.
And so we worship you, Heavenly Father, Ancient of Days. Let this study time bring you glory and bring your children to you by your Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. As Moses said, show us your ways that we might know you. We want to know you and walk in the internal Son of Light, Son of Righteousness. That this would be a righteous and holy generation. That the teaching here would be easy and light. And that as we just read through this together, there would be an activation in the hearers. That they'll never be the same again. Because your word goes forth with its own power. And you don't need anything of us. For your power to be what it is. And so let us decrease today and you increase in us by your spirit. And let the word and the power of the eternal gospel in the mid-heavens go forth today. And bring you glory. And bring honor and glory to your son Jesus. And bring honor and glory to the seven spirits of God, the anointing. And fresh oil. Fresh oil on the hearers. Fresh oil to dissipate and annihilate all the lies, the confusion, all anxieties, and depression, and all confusion and all lying visions. That the truth would come forth and that the truth would set them free, for who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. Chapter 68, The Birth of Moses. And it was at that time the Spirit of God was upon Miriam, the daughter of Amram, the sister of Aaron, and she went forth and prophesied about the house, saying, Behold, a son will be born unto us from my father and mother this time, and he will save Israel from the hands of Egypt. And when Amram heard the words of his daughter, he went and took his wife back to the house after he had driven her away at the time when Pharaoh ordered every male child of the house of Jacob be thrown into the water. So Amram took Jochebed his wife three years after he had driven her away, and he came to her and she conceived. The birth of Moses. He is taken in by Bathia, the daughter of Pharaoh. She leaves him with his natural mother for two years. And at the end of seven months from her conception, she brought forth a son, and the whole house was filled with great light, as of the light of the sun and moon at the time of their shining. The sun and moon. Now if you recall what we studied in the Ethiopic book of Enoch, there's a fragment of Noah. Noah lit up the room, his eyes full of great light, and he was levitating. So Moses here, hmm, Moses, like Noah, lit up the room with a great light, like the light of the sun and the moon. He wasn't, I don't think he was levitating in this one. That's not written. But it's that deliverer glory. Noah and Moses, both as newborns, lit up the room physically with light. 
They had a spirit like the angels. Now keep that in mind here, the light of the sun and the moon. That'll come back into play later here. When the woman saw the child, that it was good and pleasing to the sight, she hid it for three months in an inner room. In those days, the Egyptians conspired to destroy all the Hebrews there. And the Egyptian women went to Goshen, where the children of Israel were, and they carried their young ones upon their shoulders, and their babes who could not yet speak. And in those days, when the women of the children of Israel brought forth, each woman had hidden her son from before the Egyptians, that the Egyptians might not know of their bringing forth, and might not destroy them from the land. And the Egyptian women came to Goshen, and their children who could not speak were upon their shoulders. And when an Egyptian woman came into the house of a Hebrew woman, her babe began to cry. And when it cried, the child that was in the inner room answered them, so that the Egyptian women went and told it at the house of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh sent his officers to take the children and slay them. Thus did the Egyptians to the Hebrew women all the days. And it was at that time, about three months from Jochebed's concealment of her son, that the thing was known to Pharaoh's house. And the woman hastened to take away her son before the officers came. And she took for him an ark of bulrushes, and daubed it with slime and with pitch. Slime and pitch. And put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister Miriam stood afar off to know what would be done to him, and what would become of her words. And God sent forth at that time a terrible heat in the land of Egypt, which burned up the flesh of man like the sun in his circuit, and it greatly oppressed the Egyptians. And all the Egyptians went down to bathe in the river on account of the consuming heat which burned up their flesh. And Bethia, the daughter of Pharaoh, went also to bathe in the river, owing to the consuming heat, and her maidens walked at the riverside, and all the women of Egypt as well. And Bethia lifted up her eyes to the river, and she saw the ark upon the water, and sent her maid to fetch it. And she opened it and saw the child, and behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him. And she said, This is one of the Hebrew children. And all of the women of Egypt walking on the riverside desired to give him suck, but he would not suck. For this thing was from the Lord, in order to restore him to his mother's breast. And Miriam, his sister, was at that time amongst the Egyptian women at the riverside. And she saw this thing, and she said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and fetch a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the young woman went and called the child's mother. 
And Pharaoh's daughter said to Jochebed, Take this child away, and suckle it for me, and I will pay thee thy wages, two bits of silver daily. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And at the end of two years, when the child grew up, she brought him to the daughter of Pharaoh, and he was unto her as a son. And she called his name Moses. Or she said, Because I drew him out of the water. And Amram his father called his name Kabar, for he said, It was him that he is it was for him that he associated with his wife, whom he had turned away. And Jochebed his mother called his name Jacuthiel, because she said, I have hoped for him to the Almighty, and God restored him unto me. And Miriam his sister called him Jared. Moses, Jared, oh, the Onyx Castle, Jared, oh, the Red Castle. So exciting. Okay, get hype. Get hype. Just take a moment to get hype. It's exciting. It's exciting. Jared. I was waiting for that one. Hallelujah. Okay, let's just look at the picture. Because that sounds the most fun. Moses and the Yonic Stone. But his name was Jared. Oh, Miriam called him Yered. They said Jared, J-E-R-E-D. That's like the Y-E-R-E-D from the root word that we studied yesterday. And if you didn't catch it, you can go back and watch it. And yeah, we have But isn't that interesting? We'll get now don't worry too much about the onyx stone part yet. We'll get to that in a minute. But Moses Fifth Castle Righteousness over the sun holy. But as we know, Moses didn't quite get to where Enoch was. Enoch was no more. And God took him. Uh, but Moses, he had to die. But he did make it to that. That was that prophecy there when, because his sister Miriam was was a prophetess. And she prophesied and saying about his coming to be a deliverer for their nation. And she was also prophesying when she called him Jared. Because that's that's how far he. Um, made it in the flesh, in life, in the Old Covenant. Sixth mansion, holy. Holy Moses. But he still did die. He didn't walk quite like Enoch. That's the next tier up above. That one you see the hundredfold. Sixtyfold over the sun is Moses' level favor. Which somebody... You know, there's that... Moses level favor prophecy. Okay. Alright. That's for you. Okay. Jared. And it's written right there. You see that? And Miriam, his sister, called him Jared, for she descended after him to the river to know what his end would be. 
she descended after him to the river to know what his end would be. She descended after him to the river to know what his end would be. The end, how high would he go? As a prophetess, descended to the river to see how far he would go. And Jared is what she said. Okay, isn't that fun? And Aaron, his brother, called his name Abizanuk, saying, My father left my mother and returned to her on his account. Moses, do you consider him a luminary? Do you consider him a star? Would you say that you would want the names of the star of Moses, of his celestial body, his glorified the spirit, the host, the stars and their hosts? Those who lead many to righteousness will shine as the stars in the sky? Would you say that you would want the names of Moses to pass through your spirit? And Kehath, the father of Amram, called his name Ab Abigdor, because on account, on his account, did God repair the breach. Right, and you don't have to worry. You can look up the names if you want and pause and look them up later. But the main meaning. The account of that name is what they say right after the name here. Okay. Kabar. His father called him Kabar. Jacobet's mother called his name Jacuthiel. Jacuthiel because she hoped for him to the Almighty and God restored. God restored him unto me. Kabar, his wife, associated with him after he had turned her away. Jakuthiel, because God restored him unto me. Jared, for she descended him to the, into the river to know what his end would be. And Aaron, his brother, called his name Abizanuk, saying, My father left my brother and returned to her on his account. A deliverer that causes the reconciliation there, the marriage covenant. Amram called his name Abigdor because on his account did God repair the breach, or repairer of the breach. That's a, a theme in deliverers. Liara, because they could no longer throw their male children into the water. Abisoko, saying in his tabernacle, was he hidden for three months on account of the children of Ham? Hidden for three months. And all Israel called his name Shemaiah, son of Nethanel. For they said, In his days 
God heard their cries and rescued them from their oppressors. And Moses was in Pharaoh's house and was unto Bethia, Pharaoh's daughter, as a son. And Moses grew up amongst the king's children. God heard their cries and rescued them. Shemaiah, Shemaiah, son of Nethanel. Chapter 69, Samla, the king of Edom, dies and is succeeded by Saul of Pethor. The Levites escape the slavery of Israel. Isn't that interesting? The Levites escape. They had a good inheritance. And the king of Edom died in those days in the 18th year of his reign. Praise the Lord who preserves the priesthood. And was buried in his temple, which he had built for himself as his royal residence in the land of Edom. And the children of Esau sent to Pethor, which is upon the river, and they fetched from there a young man of beautiful eyes and comely aspect whose name was Saul and they made him king over them in the place of Samla and Saul reigned over all the children of Esau in the land of Edom for 40 years and when Pharaoh king of Egypt saw that the council which Balaam had advised respecting the children of Israel did not succeed, but that they were still fruitful, multiplied and increased throughout the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh commanded in those days that a proclamation should be issued throughout Egypt to the children of Israel, saying, No man shall diminish anything of his daily labor. And the man who shall be found deficient in his labor, which he performs daily, whether in mortar or in bricks, then his youngest son shall be put in their place of the bricks. And the labor of Egypt strengthened upon the children of Israel in those days. And behold, if one brick was deficient in any man's daily labor, the Egyptians took his youngest boy by force from his mother, and put him into the building in place of the brick which his father had left wanting and the men of Egypt did so to all the children of Israel day by day and all the days for a long period but the tribe of Levi did not at that time work with the Israelites their brethren from the beginning for the children of Levi knew the cunning of the Egyptians which they exercised at first toward the Israelites. Uh, you see that the wisdom of the priesthood, they saw the cunning from the first, because when it, when it, at first the Egyptian sorcery comes to you, it's subtle. In the end, it's open abuse and slavery. And all the tortures and traumas of hell, literally. Mm. God grant our people discernment, the grace of the priesthood, Chapter 70, while a three-year-old Moses 
sits on the lap of Pharaoh, he takes the crown from Pharaoh's head and places it on his own head. Three-year-old Moses. <laughs> the shocked princes and advisors devise a test to determine if this was an omen that Moses would seize control of Egypt. He takes the hot coal and places it in his mouth, thus permanently injuring his speech, but passing the test and saving his own life. Later, Balaam flees Egypt for fear of Moses. In the other translation that I was watching on YouTube last night, they say this is Balaam, son of um, Beor. Yeah, son of Beor that we talked about. Uh, if you have been keeping up with the whole series, you remember Balaam, the son of Beor, and the connection there to the black son, Balfagor. So, as we're reading this, understand what's going on in the invisible realm. Let's take another look. You gotta understand, so you have Moses, who's born, with a glowing face, lighting up the room, just like Noah. Maybe not levitating, but shining like the sun and the moon, it says. And so we're having this encounter here of three-year-old Moses taking the crown off of Pharaoh's head, putting on his own head. And you'll see here the opposition of Balaam, son of Beor, who we've seen from our previous studies is in connection with the black sun, that demon god, Belphegor. Why would the black sun be so concerned about Moses? Because he shines like the sun, the true white sun, the white sun and the white moon. If a man, because God has given dominion to man in the flesh on earth, if someone should rise up with the brightness of the sun shining through them, the white sun, the sun of righteousness, right? Or the righteous and the holy. A Moses going all the way up to that level of Jared, the sixth mansion of holy, just to decimate the black sun. You know, coming into righteousness, you're going toe to toe with the black sun. You get sun sealed in righteousness. You stand above the sun. And that's, you know, it's under your feet. But if you start walking in holiness of like the sixth mansion of Jared, oh my goodness, that's decimation of the black sun and the black moon. And all that Egyptian Ra and Horus, the eyes of, you know, the eyes of the black sun and the black moon. Decimation. All right. Hashtag goals. Yes. And in the third year from the birth of Moses, Pharaoh was sitting at a banquet when Alperenith, the queen, was sitting at his right and Bethia at his left, and the lad Moses was lying upon her bosom. And Balaam, there it is, the son of Beor, with his two sons, make a mental note of those two sons, the two sons of Balaam, son of Beor, and Moses' first confrontation here with Pharaoh and Balaam, son of Beor, and the black son. Brrr. 
Balaam, the son of Beorthus, two sons, and all the princes of the kingdom were sitting at the table in the king's presence. And the lad stretched forth his hand upon the king's head and took the crown from the king's head and placed it on his own head. And when the kings and princesses saw the princes saw the work which the boy had done, the king and princes were terrified. And one man to his neighbors expressed astonishment. And the king said unto the princes who were before him at table, What speak you and what say you, O ye princes, in this matter? And what is to be the judgment against the boy on account of this act? And Balaam, the son of Beor, the magician, answered before the king and princes, and he said, Remember now, O my lord and king, the dream which thou didst dream many days since, and that which thy servant interpreted unto thee. Now therefore this is a child from the Hebrew children, in whom is the Spirit of God. And let not my lord the king imagine that this youngster did this thing without knowledge. For he is a Hebrew boy, and wisdom and understanding are with him. And although he is yet a child, and with wisdom has he done this, and chosen unto himself the kingdom of Egypt. For this is the manner of all the Hebrews, to deceive kings and their nobles, to do all these things cunningly, in order to make the kings of the earth and their men tremble. Surely thou knowest that Abraham their father acted thus, who deceived the army of Nimrod king of Babel, and Abimelech king of Gerar, and that he possessed himself of the land of the children of Heth, and all the kingdoms of Canaan, and that he descended into Egypt and said of Sarah his wife, she is my sister, <laughs> in order to mislead Egypt and her king. Hey, that's funny. His son Isaac also did so when he went to Gerar and dwelt there. And his strength prevailed over the army of Abimelech, king of the Philistines. He also thought of making the kingdom of the Philistines stumble in saying that Rebecca, his wife, was his sister. <gasps> Family tradition, I guess. Jacob also dealt treacherously with his brother and took from his hand his birthright and his blessing. And then he went to Padan Aram to the house of Laban, his mother, his mother's brother, and cunningly obtained from him his daughter, his cattle, and all belonging to him. And he fled away and returned to the land of Canaan to his father. His son sold the brother Joseph, who went down into Egypt and became a slave, and was placed in the prison house for twelve years. You, know, you see how much the magicians of black and white sorcery know the Hebrew history so detailed. They are aware of these things. Until, say, Joseph, in prison 
house for 12 years until the former pharaoh dreamed dreams and withdrew him from the prison house and magnified him above all the princes in Egypt on account of his interpreting his dreams to him. And when God caused a famine, You have a chance, an opportunity to be a partaker in this lineage. This is the bloodline of Jesus Christ. The epic stories, the overcoming, the misunderstanding and the persecution, and the victories, sweet victories of God. So now you have those angels that are watching over you, going down to the river to see just how far you'll go. Just how far you'll go. A new and greater covenant is here. So there's no limit to how far you can go. As long as you're willing and you choose him and his ways and he makes you able and by the sacrifice of your own will and freedoms for the sake of love faithful mm, so rich how far you'll go in the heavens the interior castles. Destiny awaits you. Today is a chance for a brand new start for you to resolve your will. That your will would become so solidified to righteousness, holiness, to the chosen called faithful, elect ones, a forehead like flint, like a forehead like diamond. Impenetrable will. By the grace of the Lord Jesus with your spirit, rising up through your heart, circumcising the heart and circumcising the mind and forming that diamond-like hardness. Shield over the mind. That you've made up your mind. I've made up my mind as the bride in Song of Songs. I will arise and ascend. I've made up my mind, despite shadows and fears. I will rise. Amen. Let that be your story today. In the days to come. Now therefore, my Lord King, behold, this child has risen up in their stead in Egypt to do according to their deeds and to trifle with every king, prince, and judge. Oh, he's trifling. 
Three-year-old Moses is trifling, and we love it. If it please the king, let us now spill his blood upon the ground, lest he grow up and take away the government from thy hand, and the hope of Egypt perish after he shall have reigned. And Balaam said to the king, Let us moreover call for all the judges of Egypt and the wise men thereof, and let us know if the judgment of death is due to this boy as thou didst say, and then we will slay him. See that? I'm trying to kill Moses. Three-year-old Moses. And Pharaoh sent and called for all the wise men of Egypt, and they came before the king, and an angel of the Lord came amongst them. Some of the translations that I saw said the angel of the Lord. You judge. Amongst them, and he was like one of the wise men of Egypt. Angels taking on human form. We've seen it. We've seen it in Minneapolis. And the king said to the wise men, Oh, yeah. Do you want to hear about that? Uh, an angel taking on human flesh. They do it. You read about it in the scriptures. It happens today in these days. In 2021, I was visiting Minneapolis. And I stayed at the crack house. And was with some friends. Was with, I think it was Lisa. Stephanie was there. Jake was there. Sean was there. There was a few. I think Brian went with us. We went on a little walk through just your friendly neighborhood. Um, just the friendly neighborhood ghetto in North Minneapolis. And it was a beautiful day. It was supposed to be in the 70s and 80s, but I had asked if the sun could make it in the 90s. Because I really like hot weather. And so, yeah, it was a lot hotter than what the weather had said, and my prayers were answered. And it was blazing hot in the 90s, it was like 95, it was like 91 through 95 degrees that week. So we go to, on a, on a walk, to the Dollar General <laughs> in the glory. <laughs> to get beverages to go to the park and meet our friends over there and so we're just walking through all this crazy demon possessed people and the gangsters and they all clearly have like weapons and drugs and it was just everyone's staring at us it was so funny I was like what is this this is crazy but there was such a brightness and I could see the sun and um so <laughs> I hadn't, oh man, I was still building up my confidence in being, you know, that the that more for me than are against me. I was in the sun, uh, the sun chariot and the twelve portals and all that. But we're going over there, and then there was this man standing in the corner, and it was not a man. It was an angel. It took on the appearance of a man. And he had this hat on, and <laughs> what did it say on it? It said Minneapolis or North Star. It had like this, the North Star on it or something like that. And he's standing on the corner, 
and I could tell it was an angel because he wasn't a normal human at all. He tried to look like someone that would belong in the area, but he had like perfect teeth. I've heard people say this before. Sometimes the angels, when they transform, they don't think like dirty, right? They don't think like unclean. So sometimes they kind of forget to make the teeth look more convincing because the dude had perfect teeth. Like more perfect than like, I don't know, your favorite televangelist with the most expensive teeth. They like the most perfect teeth. And as we're going around, he looks straight at me and he told me not to worry about whatever. The way he said it was so like eloquent and angelic. If I even try to like reenact it, it's not even close. Is it something, don't worry, nobody's blah 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 to you or something? I don't know what he said, but he he bowed low. He stood there and he bowed to me and, he, and then said, welcome to Minneapolis. But he basically had said, you know, don't worry about all the people around the gangsters and stuff. Uh, that no one was going to hurt me or something like that. And then he bowed low and said, welcome to Minneapolis. And it was just the most, like, it's not just a dude, oh, like a hobo on the, on the street corner bowing. It was like, like the, like some professionally trained person in a palatial setting bowing with the elegance and grace of like, years and years and years of being indoctrinated into that culture i was just so shocked i was i was like i didn't know what to say <laughs> what do you say when an angel bows to you on a, on a street corner in human form anyway then we went to the dollar general anyway that was really nice i like to see that angel again it made me feel really safe and really welcome fun times Okay. Again, then we I, we took an Uber at some point uh, that that week, and all the angels were playing the playlist. The Uber driver got so high he didn't even realize he was still on the earth. And then the songs on the radio started playing like "Welcome Back," and the signs were like all the signs were like asking me to move here. <laughs> I was like the big sign was like we need you on our team and I was like okay okay maybe I'll come I love the angels of Minneapolis and I love the North Star they're awesome we have don't we have amazing angels just look around and let your angels know I appreciate you I appreciate you thank you Thank you very much. Okay. Let's keep going. Hey. And now the king said to the wise men, Surely you have heard what this Hebrew boy who is in the house has done, and thus Balaam has judged in the matter. So Balaam made his judgment. Now judge you also and see what is due to the boy for the act which he has committed. And the angel who seemed like one of the wise men of Pharaoh, answered and said as follows before all the wise men of Egypt, the angel of the Lord. Mm, he answered and said as follows before all the wise men in, of Egypt and before the king and the princes, if it please the king, 
Let the king send for men who shall bring before him an onyx stone and a coal of fire. Oh, yeah. And place them before the child. And if the child shall stretch forth his hand and take the onyx stone, then shall we know that with wisdom has the youth done all that he has done, and we must slay him. But if he stretch forth his hand upon the coal, then shall we know that it was not with knowledge that he did this thing, and he shall live. And the thing seemed good in the eyes of the king and of the princes, so the king did according to the word of the angel of the Lord. And the king ordered the onyx stone and coal to be brought and placed before Moses. And they placed the boy before them, and the lad endeavored to stretch forth his hand to the onyx stone. But the angel of the Lord took his hand and placed it upon the coal, and the coal became extinguished in his hand. The angel of the Lord took his hand and placed it upon the coal, burning coals of fire. And the coal became extinguished in his hand, and he lifted it up and put it into his mouth. <laughs> and burned part of his lips and part of his tongue and he became heavy in mouth and tongue you remember the stutter of Moses And when the king and princes saw this, they knew that Moses had not acted with wisdom and taking off the crown from the king's head. So the king and princes refrained from slaying the child. So Moses remained in Pharaoh's house, growing up, and the Lord was with him. And whilst the boy was in the king's house, he was robed in purple. And he grew amongst the children of the king. And when Moses grew up in the king's house, Bathia, the daughter of Pharaoh, considered him as a son. And all the household of Pharaoh honored him, and all the men of Egypt were afraid of him. And he daily went forth and came into the land of Goshen, where his brethren, the children of Israel, were. And Moses saw them daily in shortness of breath and hard labor. And Moses asked them, saying, Wherefore is this labor made it out unto you day by day? And they told him all that had befallen him, them, and all the injunctions which, which Pharaoh had put upon him before his birth. And they told them all the counsels which Balaam son of Beor had counseled against them and what he had also counseled against him in order to slay him when he had taken the king's crown from off his head. And then Balaam begins to flee from Moses. 
This is a really good. This book is just really wonderful. I encourage you to read the whole thing. This has gone by so fast, I can't believe it's already been 50 minutes of time together studying this. Isn't it just such a joy to go to these realms? It's wonderful. It's wonderful. There was a part... Hmm. I just want to look for something for you here. You can find it in here on your own time. Ooh. Oh, man. But uh, Balaam, it, those two sons that were with Balaam, son of Beor, in that confrontation at the dinner table with three-year-old three Moses and uh, Pharaoh, his sons are Janes and Jambres. The sons of Balaam, the sons of the Black Sun. And he'll have an encounter and a confrontation again with them later on in his life as a fully grown man and as a manifesting son of righteousness and a holy one, Jared. And when he comes back to Johnny's and Jambres for that showdown, that's what he's walking in, in the sixth, the sixth mansion, the sixth gemstone. Over the sun, I have made you god to Pharaoh. The Egyptian god at the time was the sun. Ra. Balaam, son of Beor, Belphegor of the black sun. Johnny's and Jambre, so you have the black and white magic and in between those times you'll see here in Jasher as Moses flees Egypt to the land of Cush he has an encounter with the snakes of Egypt he joins the king of Cush Kikianus, Kikianus. And they besiege <laughs> a city for nine years. 
this whole thing gets so interesting. We don't have time to go into all the details. But Moses takes the place of the king of Cush from being his advisor to when he dies. Moses takes over. And it's his wisdom that annihilates these snakes. And the parable here is the Egyptian snakes. And he does it with the storks. Which we just read, I believe it was in yesterday. Yesterday's uh, notes from the seven interior castles of Enoch. You can go back and watch that one if you want, if you haven't seen it. We read that verse about that word nested. One of the root words we talked about was about the stork. And that verse in the Psalms, about how they're found in the, in the fir trees. Psalm 104, 17, where the birds make their nests. So Moses makes the men of Cush go and find the storks in the trees in the fir trees and they train them like hawks and then they release them and destroy the serpents the natural serpents and that's how they make their way that's how they get through those Egyptian front lines we're speaking prophetically now the stork of the f or of the fir trees so I'm looking back at the notes from yesterday Psalm 10417, where the birds make their nest. As for the stork, the fir trees are her house. The stork and the fir trees. Cane, the sugar cane. Right before the cinnamon water banks of the Garden of Righteousness. K-A-N-E, not cane of the seed line of Cain. C-A-I-N. Not the false one, but the true. Seed line of Christ, Cain, Conan. Strong's H7077. Translated in the following manner to make nest. To make or to nest. To make a nest. To be nested, and this one says to make a nest as a bird or as a viper. And as you can see here, that same root word that's used in Psalm 10417. Cain, K-A-N-E, Kenan, one of the seven interior castles of Enoch. In the sun, the fourth mansion, where you step into righteousness, you step into the sun. That's where Moses was at when he sent the storks against the serpents. That was the weapon, nested, the nest, as a bird or as a viper, the walking in righteousness that gives you that sun power to break through and take dominion over Egypt and to stand against the black sun at that level. When he fully takes them out and sets the people free from Egypt, he's walking in the sixth mansion. So it's from that early years of Moses, after he fled Egypt, from the fourth mansion, the fifth mansion, the onyx stone, which was prophesied by the angel of the Lord, he touched the coal of fire first. Coals of fire from the heart of God in the heart of hearts touch your lips and your tongue. The humility of the black mansion 
His external humility, the stutter that Moses had, that protected him. And in the end, God restored him and healed him. How high do we need to go to finish this thing? Psalm 104, and wine that maketh glad the heart of man, and oil to make his face shine, and bread with which to strengthen man's heart. The next couple of verses here, Psalm, Psalm 104, starting in 15. And then in 16, the trees of the Lord are full of sap. Sap. The cedars of Lebanon, Lebanon, which he hath planted, where the birds make their nests, for the stork, the fir trees, are her house, evergreen. The high hills are a refuge for the wild goats and the rocks for the conies. He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knoweth is going down. The light of the moon and the sun shining through Moses the day he was born. Cain, K-A-N-E, from Canaan, the fourth mansion, temple, as a secure home for Israel, from Psalm 84.4, which is figurative of a swallow, where they use that root word of the nest as a bird. The sun as a temple for a secure home for Israel, heavenly, Spiritual Israel, that is you, to rise and ascend to the sun. A secure temple of walking uprightly in righteousness. Entering the bridegroom's chambers, Kenan. The ark, the sun, the moon for seasons, the sun knoweth is going down, the divine chariot of revelation. Knowing the times and seasons, remembering the Issachar gate to have God and desire God as your great reward allows you to know the times and seasons. That promise of God as we read in the book of Jasher that the Levites were spared. And there's that word in the, in the Bible, that word of God, that I will keep you from the day of tribulation. A nation of kings and priests. So rise in Jesus' name. And then this was the other homework. I wanted to just to show you this that we mentioned the other day if you wanted to do your homework. Chapter 4 of the Interior Castle. Teresa of Avila. This is what it looks like. This is what it starts with. Going to do your homework this weekend. You can go through and, and finish that section of, of Jasher. What we just read in Jasher, you can watch it on Christopher Glenn's channel. It's a really good narration on YouTube. It's from section 5 about Moses. Section 5 in Jasher about Moses. You can watch the rest of that and see how Moses. 
Moses' first Cushite wife he never touched. He never came near her because he remembered Abraham, he remembered Sarah, he remembered Rebecca, and how they warned not to take a daughter of Canaan for a wife. And so even though they gave him a queen, Cushite, initially when he first left Egypt, when he was just in that fourth mansion, the fear of the Lord was on him and he passed that test. He didn't have it in his heart, he had the fear of the Lord. So later on, when God the Father gives him Zipporah as a Cushite wife, the grumbling of Aaron and Moses against, or the grumbling of Aaron and Miriam against Moses was because of his Cushite wife. It was a type of character assassination because they judged him wrongly in their hearts when he had actually, in fact, as you can see in the book of Jasher, the first time that the people of Cush tried to give him a wife who's a queen, he said he doesn't touch her. He doesn't come near to her. He passed his test with lying colors. So when the God of all the universe, the father of lights, decides to give Zipporah, to Moses as a Cushite wife, there is no thing on heaven or in hell and on the earth or under the earth that can say anything about it. And whoever, and then when there was the grumbling, they got sent out of the camp with a skin disease. Until the days pass of the Lord's judgment. Because he was a righteous man. Amen. So good. But chapter 4, Interior Castle. This is the one. This is how it starts. You can go and check it out. That'll be for the homework this weekend for anyone who wants to do the homework. Have a great weekend. May it be blessed. Glorious, filled with revelation power. Increase of peace, the God of peace. Crush Satan under your feet this weekend. In Jesus' name, continue to lift up the shield of faith. Pray for the people of God. We have Shadrach on the road ministering in the different places right now. Outside of Nairobi. We have the champions here in Minneapolis. That are being raised up. You know, pray for the saints, pray for our RLM family worldwide. Decree the word of God, grow in the knowledge of the ways of God and let the word renew your mind to who you are truly in Christ for your destiny, your true destiny to come forth in Jesus' name. I love you and we'll see you soon. You can scan the QR code, become a partner with Red Letter Ministries. Check out the links below. Be blessed in your generous giving. If you want to sow into this word, let it come back to you seven times over. Wisdom and knowledge and revelation and in financial increase. In Jesus' name, amen.